by eight o'clock that there are some people who are still we're live now on, on YouTube. We'll discuss afterwards. Let me just make sure that we're good. Hold on. All right, Raboisai. Terrible, terrible suggestion. Terrible. Rabbi said, don't forget, today is the 11th day of the Sphira. I have a suggestion. That's right. That's right, Yaakov. You could come on after the emails. It's fine. Whoever doesn't like the emails could tune in five minutes later. Rabbi said, we... There's nowhere to go. This is your Tyra. We're going to learn a few extra minutes. Nobody is going to get sick from it. It's all going to be good. All you guys could tune out right now for this email. It's fine. I'm talking to myself. Where's Gary? He's supposed to be here helping me out with his phone, but he's not here. I'm here by myself. This goes back to the guy, uh, I believe from Borough Park. I'm not going to mention his name, but I think it's a beautiful email. I'll be honest. Over the last 13 years, I lost my appetite in learning, and Sally decided to throw in the towel. Embarrassing. Now at age 40, came, I came back, and you are playing a big part in it. As I enjoy to hear you sure and all the goodies that comes with it, the kids are gishmak. My son also learns with me the daf so far every day, and you have a lot of brachas on your head without even knowing. You got me very busy this Shabbos, and this is very important. Oh, so I guess Gary's on his way here, because I see the, uh, everybody is, oh, uh, now they're muted. Very good. Okay. Somebody's unmuted. Rabbi, let me let me finish. Let me finish my email, please. Thank you. Uh, just mute mute yourself, please. Thanks. I'll share my findings. So he was very busy with on this Shabbos. He was very busy with the halacha regarding putting uncooked salt in a hot plate of soup on Shabbos. So here's my findings in this matter. So basically he says, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm very impressed that this individual who hasn't been learning for many years, he sat down and he gives me the whole thing, the Prima Godem, the Mishtabrura, the Shemir Shabbos Kilchasa, and then all at the end, first of all he says like this, I didn't like this line, he says, I'll share my findings, normally I would not have the chutzpah to write in halacha to you, as you know it anyway, that is, Shtusim v'havalim, Again, I'm just a, a simple real estate guy that I give a shear. So it's shtuyot. You send me whatever you want, and I make many mistakes. It's... But since you asked if anyone has info about the matter, I took the jump. And he says all the way at the end, my own bachsvar, it's a very long email, I'm not going to read the whole thing, obviously. As most people want the soup served as hot as possible, therefore the server is rushing to serve as fast as possible. That reduces the problem of serving of the serving spoon becoming a klirishoin if it's inside for a while. We're not leaving the serving spoon for a while. Uh, because we're not leaving the serving spoon for a while. Because he's saying that since you're rushing to, to, to dish out the soup, that doesn't become a klirishoin. So, so first of all, the Mishnaburah himself has the contradiction. The Mishnaburah, the Chavz Chaim writes in the beginning, 
that a ladle is a kli rishon. And later on he says it's like a kli sheni, a kli shlishi. The min chasitzchak, who's uh, the dayan, the, the gaivet of, uh, of the, of the badats, Rabbi Weiss, he writes in the Minchasitzchak, he says that maybe the Mishnabru in the beginning was, he said there was a suffix between whether it's a Klirisha and a Klisheni, so he's Machmer that's a Klirisha. And afterwards, he had a suffix whether it was a Klisheni or Klishlishi, so he's Makel on that. The Chazanish says that if you put, because Avi Kamiansky, I don't know where he's at, but Avi Kamiansky was, was saying that a ladle is not a Klirisha, hi Avi. So the Chazanish says that if you put a, a ladle into a pot of soup that's on the fire, then automatically becomes a clear reshine. It becomes like the pot. And if the pot is off the flame, then it becomes a clear shiny. Agutavach, and a fat thank you, our friend from, I don't know where, from, it seems that, like from Borough Park. That's the issue with fr- the Friday night soup, you're not serving it on the fire. You take the, the pot is off the fire when you're serving it, anyways. Um, okay. In your house, that's how it goes. I guess, you, what, you're saying you have to do it like that? I don't know, I never really watched how they do it. Who serves it from the fire? You don't serve it on the fire. You shouldn't be serving it from the fire. Um, what if you put a ladle into the soup pot that's on the fire? What Allah does it have? Now I put a ladle Mayus. in? Mayus. I don't know. Okay. Also, also the Mishnah Bruro was... But that's, how, that's what he says. Obviously, there is, maybe, maybe I'm not Maybe on Yantav, it's a clear, no, but on Yantav, you're allowed to cook. So but that's what he says. He says there's a difference between Klerishin, Sigwaski Kasha. There must be a way that you could put a, a ladle in there on the fire. Otherwise, what's the. All right. Vosnach, it's already 722. That was getting antsy that we're finishing too late. A couple. says it's okay to take off from the fire. Is it better than Dilchaz or onto a black? That's he's not saying that a blechs are a good, what's it called, are a good dark roof. So maybe he's about to take off and he's not, he's not chayish to the sheet of Megis. Oh, you see? Very good. So according to that, you see the chazanish hole, that's okay, on the fire. Good. I wouldn't trust Chaim that much. Why? Chaim is a dayan. Chaim is a tamat chacham. He knows all these halachas. What are you talking about? Alright, uh, just a short thing. I, I didn't want to go on a big rant here, but th- this guy sent me an email like last week which I read and in it he says about his friend that one, kind of we kept him on the derech with the shear and I didn't, I, I didn't it's not a lot of time now either but real quickly stam to throw out a shkofa there in my opinion and this is known stuff but it, it just hurts me to see that there are I know these these kind of guys like these chassidim that they feel or litvaks or whatever it is you feel that you're stuck in your in your group, and once you come out of your group, you might as well just go off the derech kind of thing. And it really bothered me. Now, thinking about it, that today the, the lines have blurred. You know, I've been in Stieblach in, in Borough Park, where a guy would be embarrassed. Uh, any Litvak in, in Eretz Yisrael would be embarrassed to be there. A, a two-minute shmon esrei. So where Hasidim are, you know, they're with Avaida and Tefillah, and their Tefillah doesn't look like Tefillah, and then the Litvak's learning doesn't look like learning. And the, the lines are just blurred. The Hasidim are learning better than the Litvaks, and the Litvaks are davening better than the Hasidim. And then you have my, one of my best friends from Chicago. He, I don't know if he's, he usually watches. I hope he's not watching today. We'll find out in, in a few minutes. He's a, a modern Orthodox guy. So he has the, the Nit Yamaka and the whole thing, and he, he davens in a modern Orthodox shul, and he, maybe a few of his Ashkafes are slightly modern Orthodox. But 
But when I want to bother him, I tell him, hey, you're more Haredi than Haredi. Anytime I go on a road, I used to go with him to, to, to visit my, my properties as a bank owner. Three hours of Divri Torah, constant, just talking and learning the entire time. He always has Hashem's name on his mouth. He davens Vasikin. He's more Haredi than, than all the Haredim that I know. So, so he wears that kind of funny yarmulke and he calls himself a... So the lines are blurred. So all I'm saying is that this guy, it just, it just hurt me to see. Oh, because I'm stuck in Minkach or whatever, so that's it. I have to, it's either Minkach or go off the derch. There's other, there's other facets to Yiddishkeit. A person can be over Hashem, it just doesn't go by the hat and by the yarmulke and by the this and by the that. All right, let's learn some Torah. Daf Memhei. What? What are you saying? All right. Is, 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 is it not uh, muted today, Gary? What's going on? I see you smiling. You're all excited. Hey, So we just finished saying a big chiddush that sometimes this chumra, right? That if something is mukta during Ben Hashmashais, it makes it mukta throughout the whole Shabbos, even if it's not there, the mukta. Let's say if a candle is extinguished, but since it was mukta for a few minutes of Ben Hashmashais, that candelabra is mukta for the rest of Shabbos, that could actually be a kula, we said. Where? For Shabbos, if you want to hang up a lamp on a tree, so on Shabbos you could, because you take this concept of you're not going to climb up a tree. You know better than to go fetch your lamp. Where on Yantiv, you could hang your lamp on a tree, but that's because Rav goes like Rabbi Huda in Mokta. Now, it says like this. We are holding like seven lines down. Does Rav really hold like Rabbi Huda in Mokta? They ask Rav, you have a Hanukkah candle in the time of the Chabarim. You're scared of the guy. He's not going to kill you necessarily. Avi Gargir, I was just asking you about you. I guess you're here all the day. What am I supposed to do? It's not straight? Eli Dykman from New York City. You're perfect. No, he's saying something. Eli Dykman, what is he screaming? Oh, 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 oh. He's saying it's covered. Maybe he's saying this. This? No, no, he's saying this. I didn't hang this up. Okay, let's close this door. That's what he's saying. It doesn't matter. There's no sponsor today. And it's the 11th day of the Omer. Okay, thanks you. thank you, Rev. Eli Dagen from New York. Stays up to, to hear this year. So you have these chabarim, they're going to come and, and cause some bodily harm. They're going to take some of your money. They don't allow you to light the Hanukkah lights. And you lit it Erev Shabbos. You decided to, to light Hanukkah candles anyways. Now you want to remove it on Shabbos. I'm a little shopper, dummy. It's okay. So, so you see that we hold like Rib Shimon. There's no mukta. Why did, why did Rav allow to move the candle? Shasat Chag, Shani. You're talking about an emergency. You're talking about a sakana. We're concerned that the guy is going to come and beat you up. So for that, I say you could touch Mukta. The Amalei Rav Kahana Rav Ashi Rav, like Rav Kahana told, uh, and Rav Ashi told Rav, Hachi Hilchasa, that's the halacha that you let him move candles after Shabbos? Amalei, this is a very famous saying. Hasidim, I think, like to say this a lot. It's used slightly out of context. 
What does Gemara say? That lacha is really like Rabbi Yehuda. But b'shaset chak, you have a war, you have, you, have, you have an enemy that's going to beat you up, so you can move the candles on Shabbos. But there are people that they use this, oh, if you have a tzara in your family, you could go to Rabbi Shimon Ba'yichon's kever, and Davin, etc. They use it a little bit. It's it's taken from here. From this, this is a line in the Gemara. It's also in Gitin. It's a little bit, you know, Chassidish Torah sort of. Okay. Do we have Shlomi Klein on today? Anybody see Shlomi Klein? It was a tremendous um, inspiration yesterday. I only noticed him after she was over. He's the Lubavitcher from Crown Heights that was in the hospital for a very long time. And after Shiri told us how he almost lost his life, the whole thing, the struggle, and he didn't know where he was for, for a week, and he, he ate one banana, a whole thing. He went through it, but he's not on? Okay. Well, it was a tremendous, uh, it was an inspiration to see that he was there. We dive in for him, and he, he's up and alive. So now we discussed a muktza according to Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon is very makel and muktza. He doesn't hold of this muktza. We had yesterday that perhaps he does. Not perhaps. He holds a muktza of money, which is muktza machmas gufai. The money itself has no other purpose but to buy. There's nothing else he could do. And also he would hold of buses that if that money was on the wheel, uh, the muchni of the wagon, so he'd hold the buses. But he doesn't hold of other muktzas. A muktza that the, the muktza comes in during benishmashes, it remains throughout all Shabbos. That he doesn't hold of. Different muktzas he doesn't hold of. What about, so now we're going to narrow it down more. What exactly, what, what kind of muktza does he hold of? What doesn't he hold of? You put kernels into the ground. Now Rashi points out right away. These kernels didn't take root because if they took root, obviously you cannot take them out on Shabbos because that would be kaitzer. But you put it into the ground, you... You said, I don't want these kernels anymore. I want them to, to grow wheat. Also, something you set aside, you said, okay, you, you chicken, take this egg, sit on it. Perhaps, since he pushed it away literally with his hands, he said, I am planting these kernels. I don't want them anymore. So maybe Rabbi Shimon admits that this is Mokta. Yeah, we had yesterday, according to one shita, that if you have a very large vessel of oil, which that oil is going to last you for the whole Shabbos, so he set it aside, even according to Rabbi Shimon, according to one shita, that's Mokta, because he knows he'll never use that oil. So, similar to this, he set it aside, he put it in the ground, I'm never going to see that kernel again. So maybe that's Mokta. Or maybe no. It's not Mokta. So Rabbi Yochanan answers him, no, let me give you the Hagdara of Mokta. It's only in oil that lights. So the Gemara understands, very interesting. Some are even with a Vav, and that makes a big difference. But the understanding is the same. The Gemara understands that there are two things here. There's Huktzal Mitzvah, 
This is oil that I'm lighting for Shabbos candles. That's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. And also it's aser. It's a flame. The combination of these two things, a flame, a iser, and a mitzvah, that's what Reb Shimon says makes it mukta. But if you put a kernel in the ground, you don't have those two things. So it's not mukta. Ask the Gemara of Leslie Huxley Mitzvah. Wait a minute. So you're telling me you need two things. You need mukta that you set it aside for a mitzvah, plus the actual thing is mukta. The actual thing is an iser, like a fire. What about if you have one of the two? You only have, let's say, a mitzvah. According to what you just told me, it's not mukta according to Reb Shimon. You need two things together. Vatanya, that's not true. Sikhakil chasa, a person made a sukkah, v'itra bikramim, and he beautified it. He, he, he uh, what's the word, no? He put decorations on it. Itra bikramim, he put some colored clothing on it, uzdinim amitsuyarim, embroidered linen, vital by goizim. Like in Eretz Yisrael, you go to the store, you buy those decorations. It says, uh, decorated it. Yeah, he decorated it. Thank you. He decorated it. In Eretz Yisrael, you could uh, go to the store and you have the special Christmas decorations. It says on a Christmas and they, and they say, Miuchad, for nobody knows how to read English. So they sell mamish, uh, what you put on your Christmas tree. So you take those uh, decorations, if you don't know better, and you put it in your sukkah, a goizim, nuts, a farsakin. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to these sukkahs. People do this till this day. Peaches, shkedim, almonds, virimoinim, pomegranates. And then clusters of grapes. And they take wheat, bundles of wheat. How do you put wine on your sukkah? You put it in a flask and you hang it up on the schat. Oil, and flour. And what does it say? We actually had this sugi on Davchov Beis. It's an amazing chiddush. I don't know if a lot of people know about this. But we learned it there and we'll repeat it again. Noi sukkah, the decorations of a sukkah are mukta. You set them aside for the mitzvah of sukkah, and therefore they are mukta even on chalamayid. You might be able to touch it, it might not be like the mukta of a real mukta on Shabbos, but it means you can't use it for anything else. So if I put a picture of a gadol on my sukkah, I can't just take it and, and, and use it somewhere else. It's mukta for my sukkah. I was makta for the mitzvah. It's interesting, right? Like a a little plastic thing becomes mukta for the mitzvah. I set it aside for the mitzvah. Uh, an important word here that we have to notice is also the stopping mem ad mitzvah You're not allowed to use the decorations until yontav which means until after simchas Torah. Why? Now I understand that on sukkahs I can't use it because Rib Shimon holds, and we're saying this goes according to Rib Shimon. We're trying to prove. Because Rav Shimon holds that it's muktza for the mitzvah. What about the last day of Yantif? What does Simchas Torah have to do with anything? So we have to say, Right? It, it continues into, into, into Simchas Torah. But guess what? Rav Shimon doesn't hold So it's very wild. There's a wild line here at the end of Taisa's Dimer Maskelad Matzei Yantif Ha'achrin Shachag. And Taisus says, Crazy. That line, and just 
And Noam, if you learned this uh, sugya yesterday, you prepared beforehand, and you didn't know this Tysus just for that, it was worth listening. Yeah. You tell me you didn't learn this sugya. I see it already from your face. Okay. You did? You did learn the sugya? You didn't. Listen, it's Corona. There's a lot of excuses. Fine. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because no Chazar Shashats. You like to learn their Chazar Shashats. Anyway, fine. Says the Gemara. You hear what's going on here? So uh, that's a side point. Also, the stopping moment will go according to Rabbi Huda, not according to the Trib. But the point is that all these decorations are Muktzah. Now, this is also very wild. How do I know that what I just read is Rib Shimon? I'm trying to prove that Rib Shimon holds the concept of Muktzah with one out of the two things. If I just set it aside for a mitzvah, even though it's not us, look. A flask of wine is not muktzah inherently. It's not a flame. So why is it muktzah? Because I set it aside for the mitzvah. So in other words, Rav Shimon holds that there's muktzah even one out of the two conditions. Just setting it aside for a mitzvah. Why? And how do I know it's Rav Shimon? So look what the Gemara does here. And Rashi points this out. It's very important. The Gemara brings a whole other b'risa that says the exact same thing with Rav Shimon's name. So then why do I need the first b'risa? I have a b'risa with Rib Shimon's name, so just ask me a question. Look, Rib Shimon says in the b'risa with Rib Shimon's name, Rib Shimon says that all you need is one condition. I bring the second b'risa to prove that the first b'risa is Rib Shimon. It's a beautiful question. Rashi points out an amazing thing that he says all the time throughout Shas. When it comes to b'risas, the best b'risa in the world is Rib Chia. Rib Chia and Rib Shaya. So the first b'risa was written by Rib Chia and Rib Shaya. So it's much better for us to get a b'risa that's, that, that's accurate. And we're proving that that b'risa is accurate with another b'risa that's not as accurate, but it has Rib Shimon's name in it. Okay, fine. Right? And when we're saying Rib Shimon, by the way, we say Rib Shimon, Rib Shimon, Shimon, we're talking about Rib Shimon Bayechai, right? Rib Shimon, Rashbi, Rib Shimon Bayechai, it's almost like Weimar. We're going to be able, uh, 10 people are going to go to this cave this year. Rib Shimon, now, the first line here, we're talking about a sukkah on yantif. What yantif? Not sukkahs. Okay, yeah, just regular simple pshat in the Gemara. We're talking about Pesach, Shavuos, yantif, Rosh Hashanah. I have a sukkah, and I want to take a piece of wood out of the sukkah. I want to make a fire because it's yantif. I want to cook my food. I cannot touch my sukkah. Why? Because I'm breaking my sukkah that's called soiser, it's oser. Rashi sticks in, it's not just a pile of wood next to the sukkah. I'm just saying pashat means it's holding up the sukkah. It's like leaning on the sukkah. But if I remove a piece of wood, the sukkah is not going to fall down. So that's not called soiser, I could use that wood. Vireb shimin matir. We're not going to go into all the detail. The point is, according to Rav Shimon, if it did fall down, he anticipated that it's going to fall down. It fell down. So now I'm not being over on Soiser, but the issue is, according to Rav Yehuda, the wood is Mukta, because I wasn't allowed to take the wood, because it's Soiser. And according to Rav Shimon, there's no halacha of Mukta on this wood. If the sukkah is no longer there, and there's no problem of Soiser, I can use the wood, because Rav Shimon doesn't hold a Mukta. Bishavim and everybody agrees that a sukkah on sukkahs 
is Asr. Why? Because that's Maxit for the mitzvah of Sukkah. On Pesach, there's no, there's no mitzvah of Sukkah. So Rabbi Shimon says I can use the word. But on Sukkah, I'm saying that my panels of wood are for my mitzvah. And even if it fell down, I cannot use it, says Rabbi Shimon. And according to, to Tanakamov, if he made a tnag, and he said, I want to use my, let's say my noise sukkah, I want to use my decorations, fine. The bottom line is, you see, Mufurush over here, the Rabbi Shimon says, there's a concept of mukta when it comes to a mitzvah. I set aside something for a mitzvah. Okay. So, why... Initially we said that you need two things. By, by candle you need two things. You need to set it aside. It's set aside for a mitzvah. And it's a flame. And that's why Rabbi Shimon says it's mukta. Because I have two things. Over here you see, you don't need a flame. All you need is a mitzvah. Says the Gemara, you're right. You only need one thing. What we said in the beginning of the sugi, that you need two conditions. What I meant is one condition. It should be similar to a flame. The main point is that it's it's a mitzvah. So Reb Shimon holds of muktzah of mitzvah. That's what he holds. Decorations are muktzah. A flame on Shabbos is muktzah, not because it's a fire, but because you set it aside for the mitzvah of Adlakas Neira is for, for Shalom Bayis. So here I have furish it says, Look, Rabbi Shimon holds a muktzah when it's similar to a candle. What's the point? That it's muktzah because of its mitzvah. He set it aside for a mitzvah. And therefore, but the point is one, and therefore it's also. In case you don't know what it looks like, these are Hey Gary, why don't you come to my house? Now that I see you on there, why don't you come to my house and set up a real camera? These are grapes. Set aside in the sun. You see all these guys over here also. Tremendous amount. I don't know if you could see. Just sitting there drying up in the sun. As soon as it hits the sun, you can't eat it anymore. They're spoiled. Grapes in the sun. Says the Gemara, when it comes to food, there are only two items. Two items only. Figs and grapes. Those are the two items that as soon as you put in the sun, you can't eat them anymore. And condition number two is I put it in the sun. I pushed it away with my hands. I said, I don't want this anymore. I am taking this. I'm designating it for raisins. Raisins. So I have two things here. First of all, I pushed it away with my hands. Second of all, they're not edible. Whoa, other food. Okay, that's, the, that's what we already spoke about. Gregorius, that's Tainim. You put it on the roof. We discussed. Those are called raisins. If he says, he designates it specifically to eat, you could eat it on Shabbos. Otherwise, it's mukta. Oh, but the question is from here. Peaches. So look in Rashi. So we have that in English. Here's a quince. In case you don't know what it looked like. We had it in Brachas. Quince. 
type of food. I don't think I ever had one. And, yeah, okay, so uh, what's his name? Uh, Tomer is going to bring me a quince tomorrow. Or what's, okay, no, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need quinces. What's his name? Uh, no, Gazir, uh, I forgot his name already. The guy that got me the salt. That's enough for this week. Jersey, 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 yeah, Jersey. Now, who does it go according to? Rabbi Huda holds, if I didn't push it away, says Rashi, what does it mean I didn't push it away? I put it in a storage facility. A storage facility, says Rabbi Huda, it makes it mukta. I don't want it anymore. I don't need it right now. That's mukta. But I didn't, I didn't say I'm done with this forever. I'm going to take it out in a month. Nevertheless, it's mukta. Certainly a quince. That I said, okay, I want to, I want to make it. I want to, what do you call it? I want to dry it. So that's considered dichu biyadayim. I pushed it away. Certainly, it should be mukta. Ela la rib shimini. So obviously, this is coming to be mechadash of chiddush. That even according to rib shimin, it's mukta. So why are you telling me according to rib shimin, there's only two food items: grapes and figs? No, you have quinces. You have uh, peaches. Loylam rib yehuda. No, it goes according to rib yehuda. Va'oichel it's richalei. It's a special chiddush by food. Since he's eating it, he's showing that he really is interested in this food. He keeps on nibbling on it. No. Once I put it on the roof, even though I'm, I'm, I'm gnashing from it, it's still considered hasachadas. He's saying, I don't want this anymore. I'm done with it. And it becomes... It becomes mukta. So again, there's no raya. So we're stuck with Rib Shimon. Only two foods are mukta, they, uh, figs and raisins. When you make uh, uh, grapes, when you make raisins. And these other foods that we said, doesn't go according to Rib Shimon. It goes according to Rib Yudah. And the chiddush is that you should know, food, even though you're eating from it and it looks like you don't, you're not trying to set it aside, it is considered a hesachadas according to Rib Yudah. Alright, so what do we have? Tachlas. Bottom line is, we have that according to Reb Shimon, even though I set something aside, I pushed it away with my hand, it's not mukta. I need two things according to Reb Shimon. I need, it should be like a raisin. I push it aside with my hand, A, and B, it's not roi la Once it sits in the sun for 10 minutes, it's spoiled. So I need two conditions. What about if I have the other condition? I have that's not roi la but I never pushed it away with my hand. What's the halacha then? Now look at these, look who's asking the question. Rebbe Shimon, the son of Rebbe. That's important because the Gemara understands that because he asked his father this question, that he believed that his father holds like Rebbe Shimon. Why, why is Rebbe's son asking him about the sheet of Rebbe Shimon? Because his father Rebbe holds like, like Rib Shimon. That's how the Gemara understood. Otherwise, Rebbe's son wouldn't have any business asking his father exactly how Rib Shimon held. Who cares? Allah is not like him. But because I'm asking you, I'm curious what Rib Shimon is saying, then to me that means that you, my daddy, Rebbe, you hold like Rib Shimon. Okay. So what did he ask him? Patzile tomorrow. These are types of dates that never. 
never uh, become real fruit. And Mamela is not edible. But he was never You have food that's not edible, but he never pushed it away. He never set it aside and said, I'm not eating it. By itself, it's not edible. But he didn't set it aside, not to eat. Omar lay a muktzler shimin el groigoyz v'tzim mukim belvad. No, you need two conditions. You need dechio beyadayim, and you need not roil achilo. And p'tzile tamara only has one out of the two. Ask the gemara v'rebi lesley muktza. So now we can understand what the gemara's question is. That's what Rashi explains. V'rebi lesley muktza. Oh. Because his son asked him that he holds like Reb Shimon, so you're assuming that he doesn't hold a mukta. Ask the Gemara, wait a minute. Rebbe holds a mukta. Rebbe holds like Rebbe Huda. So now the, 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 the Gemara's question makes a little bit more sense. A lot of sense. It fits in. But now it says, Ein Mashkin, hold on. Okay. Says the Mishnah, Mashkin v'shoychat in the Samit Barios. So, on Yantav, you're allowed to shecht an animal. And we learned in Chulin, the way they used to do it, they used to give the animal to drink a lot of water, and that would assist them in removing the skin, the hide. Says the Mishnah, you're not allowed to give an animal to drink or to shecht an animal, as Samit Barios. If you have animals that just wander out there, and the Gemara is going to tell us exactly what a midbarya is, machloik is what it is, the point is that you're Messiah das from this animal. If you have an animal, if you have an animal that you know you, you're going to eat on Yantif, so you're allowed to shecht it. But you have an animal that disappeared a half a year ago, you haven't seen him, you don't know where he is, all of a sudden on Yantif, Shalom Aleichem, oh, here's the name of the animal. Let's come, let's do a shechita. No. Why? Because you had no das on him. You already masiach das. Masiach das, you can't use it. The wild ones, the ones that go out in the midbar, you can't shecht. You're talking about a cow, right? I always have this picture in my mind, like this uh, ranch in, where was it, in Tennessee over there? Like thousands of acres, and they... And they, they, they use the helicopters to, to maneuver the animal. You know, it's huge. Animals all the way there. You never see him. He's way miles and miles away. Shamalechem. That animal you can't use. Midbarius. Abu Mashkin The domesticated ones, the ones that come home, that you could check. What's considered a midbar? He goes out right now in our. Kufa, right after Pesach, when the rain stops, and he comes back when? By the first rain. You hear this? He leaves for the entire summer. He's gone. What's a domesticated one? Every night they come back, they, they don't distance themselves more than two, like a tchum, 2,000 amma. They don't distance themselves that far. They'll go 10,000 amma away, but they, at night they always come within 2,000 amma of your house. All of this, these are details. What's the point? Rebbe Oimer, Elu ve Elu, Oh, Rebbe sticks in his two cents. In other words, Rebbe is involved in this machlaikis. And he says, no, everything is considered Baisis. But when he says this, we'll go into what he says. When he says this, meaning he holds a mukta. 
He's saying, and let me tell you when it's Hesachadas, when it's Hesachadas, when it's not Hesachadas. So he believes in this whole concept of Mukta. This whole sugi is only, this whole mission is only according to Rabbi Huda, not according to Rabbi Shimon. So you see that Rabbi holds a Mukta. And he says, What's considered a midbar called Sharois Ba'afar, it goes out to the pasture, never comes home. Not in the winter, not in the summer. I guess you own it somehow, it says your name on it, but they never come back. That kind of animal, says Rebbe, you're Masih Das, it's Mukta, you cannot use it on Yantar. So what is it? Does Rebbe hold a Mukta, or does he not hold a Mukta? On the one hand, we see his son asked him about Reb Shimon, so he's very curious about Reb Shimon, so he doesn't hold a Mukta. On the other hand, we see that he holds a Mukta. Gemara gives us three possibilities here. Everybody saying, Mahani Nami, Kigregor, very... This is a very uh, typical style of the Gemara to say these kind of answers. Answer number one, when an animal leaves and, and goes, like Rebbe said, for the summer and the winter, then it's exactly like a raisin. Why? Because you have two, you have two conditions here. First of all, you're you told him, get out of here, leave my barn, go on your own, don't come back. And number two, it's very difficult to get him back. How are you going to get him back? That no, it's not like a raisin that's not royal achilo, but it's very difficult, says Rashi, to grab him back. So I have two conditions that make it very difficult, and therefore even Rabbi Shimon agrees that a, a midbari animal is considered mukta. That's answer number one. So, in fact, Rebbe holds like Rabbi Shimon that there's no mukta, but if you have the conditions like a, like a raisin, then he does hold of mukta. The other answers say no. I'm just trying to figure out how Reb Shimon holds. I, Rebbe, don't hold like Reb Shimon. But you, in Reb Shimon, I'm going to explain Reb Shimon that a Midbar means this, and a Baisi means that. I don't hold like that. He's talking in like Reb Yehudashita. Oh, I admit to Reb Shimon that there's no Mokta. Could you at least admit to me that an animal that doesn't leave forever, it comes back after a half a year, don't you agree to me that that's considered a domesticated animal? Look, half a year it's in the, it's in the barn. Say, Chachamim, Rabbi Yudha says, no. I call upon him, we cannot prove from here that Rebbe holds of Mukta. Could be he was just talking in Rabbi Yudha it could be he was talking about his own cheetah, that there's no mukta. It just happens to be that this kind of animal is mukta. No right. So now they say in the name of Rabbi Yechanan. They said, the Talmudim said that Allah is like Rabbi Now, typically during in Shas we said, according to Taisvis, Ahusaba could mean Eliyahu Navi. Over here, specifically, it's not Eliyahu Navi. First of all, he has a name, Saba Karaya, Vamrila Saraya. Either it came from Kroya or from Saraya. But he's asking Rabbi Yochanan a question, it should be the opposite, right? Rabbi Yochanan should ask, be asking Eliyahu Navi a question. He asked me Rabbi Yochanan, Kino Shatan Goyles, Bishabos. Can I move a whole chicken coop? I have this small little thing like we had the other day in the picture, a little box for my little chickens. Can I move it? I need, I need it makayim. Or I need the actual chicken coop. 
So, it's meant for chickens. Since it's meant for chickens, so it's mukta. So, what are you telling me that Rabbi Yochan holds like Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Shimon says there is no mukta. And a chicken coop will never be mukta. Over here he's saying that a chicken coop is mukta. So, we're going to have to come up with a, a reason why, even according to Rabbi Shimon, this is mukta. You have a chicken, and the coop, the box, is mukta. Why is the box mukta? Says Oh, it has a dead chick in it. So typically, a chick I could feed to my dog. But says Rashi, if the chick was alive and well on Erev Shabbos, I think we should see Rashi inside. It's a beautiful Rashi. Rashi did Ramasu this by Ephraim Mace. Says Rashi, the Lichazin Mechal, Luklov Nami Lichazin. Oh, Bavagavda over Shim, Mechadrons and Avail of Neklov. Burb Shimon says, I could give a dead animal to my, to my dogs. Hani Mili Bimsukenes. Says Rashi, that's when the animal's about to die, so I thought about it. Ava Briolai. But a chicken that wasn't supposed to die here of Shabbos, since he didn't have his das on a kela that he's going to feed it, says Rashi that according to Shimon, since he never thought about it, I cannot feed it to my dog. Tremendous chiddush. This by that's all great according to the sheet that says I cannot feed something like that to my animal. Not like what Rashi says, that even in a case where he never had intent to give it to his dog, there's a sheet that says I could still feed it. It's not mukta. Michael Maymar. So why is this chicken coop mukta? All right. And they want to say, by the way, Stam, as a. So we know where we're holding. What about that oil? We had, according to Rib Shimon, a lot of oil. A lot of oil. What's the, what's the svar to be machal between a lot of oil? The Rib Shimon will say that that's mukta because it could light the whole Shabbos. And this chicken that dies, that it's not mukta. They say because a lot of oil, he was doicha be He said right away, Arab Shabbos, I don't want this oil. But a chicken, he was never daicha. He thought it's going to live. He never knew that it's going to die. So we have to say another pshat. Why did Rabbi Yochanan say that according to Rabbi Shimon, this chicken coop is mukta because it has a, an egg that was born on Shabbos. And that's noilad. So Rabbi Shimon believes in the mukta of noilad. Oh, that's if he believes in it. The Lesley Mukta, Lesley Noilad. According to Reb Nachman, Reb Shimon doesn't hold of Noilad. Why? Because Reb Nachman, Tainas in Reb Shimon, the guy knows that he's going to have a, 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 an egg tomorrow. It's not a Chiddush to him. He anticipated it. According to Reb Shimon, if you anticipate something, like we said a second ago, even if he anticipates the death of his chicken, it's also not, it's not Mukta. So since he, fine. So there's no Noilad according to Reb Shimon in Reb Nachman. Says the Gemara, the Isbe Beitza Sefroyach. Oh. If you have a chicken and an egg, 
That's the worst of the worst. Why? It has absolutely no value. You cannot feed it to a dog, says Rashi, because he's this, a dog won't eat an egg because of its shell. He won't eat the shell. And that chicken side is certainly not valuable for a human being. So Melet's worthless. And even in that case, Rib Shimon says it's mukta. It's no different than money. Money, Rib Shimon says, is mukta. When it has zero value, a rock, money, and a dead chicken, an egg. So, so you're asking me, what's the Allah of a chicken coop? So I'm telling you that since a chicken coop, I can anticipate that there'll be dead chickens in their eggs. Mimela, that chicken coop becomes a buses and it's also to move. That's what Rabbi Yochanan's answer was. So one one Mandomer says the Rabbi Yochanan says specifically that Allah is like Rabbi Yudah, there is Mukta. Don't you love when the machloikis, what the machloikis is? Like, had a paskin? Uh, Rabbi Kiva says this, Rabbi Loza says this, comes Abaya says that Allah is like Rabbi Kiva, comes Rabbi says that Allah is like Rabbi Loza. So, so, I didn't get anywhere. I still have the same machloikis that I had before. Fine. So, you have one man that says, Rabbi Yochanan said, Allah is like Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Shimon Levi says, but the Allah is like Rabbi Shimon. They, Rabbi Yochanan says, they say that Allah is Rabbi Shimon. What does that mean, they say? I don't say. I say, I hold that Allah is like Rabbi Yochanan. So, if the Allah, I'm sorry, the Allah is like, Rabbi Yochanan says that Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yochanan is talking. He says, they say that Allah is like Rabbi Shimon. But I myself, Rabbi Yochanan, I pass him like Rabbi Yehuda. That holds a mukta. Oh, if I hold a mukta, then Rabbi Yochanan doesn't have to say an answer in the chicken coop that there's a dead chicken in the egg. He holds a mukta. So regardless, that whole chicken coop is mukta. It's set aside for Dvar Masurim. It's not, it's mukta. So, this is an interesting question. The, the Gemara's question, it's very dakizdik. In other words, why do you need a kambi mechadish that this is what Rabbi Yechanan said? It's pasha that Rabbi Yechanan held like Rabbi Huda. You hear the question? Why are you telling me that Rabbi Yechanan paskins like Rabbi Huda? It should be very obvious from the following story that he holds like Rabbi Huda. And the Gemara's answer is that from the story, it's not obvious. I could say the story's talking about something else. Okay, what's the story? Harbabi Ravasi, some people are Gairas Rabami, I think. Harbabi Ravasi, Iklu Lebe Rab Abadim in Haifa, they went to a certain place. Venofa Menarta, Glimidir Rabasi, Vilitiltala. So you have this candelabra that fell on the coat of Rabbi Abba, uh, Ravasi, and he didn't pick it up and move it because he held its mukta. Maybe he walked away, he tilted him in Atzad, whatever he did, but he didn't, he didn't touch it. My Obviously, because we know that Rabasi is a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan can this this may mukta. So from this story, you see that Rabbi Yochanan holds a mukta because this Talmud didn't want to touch the candelabra. That's not a good raya. If you were just to say this story, I wouldn't know what Rabbi Yochanan holds. Because I could be doichek and say that that story is talking about a very large candelabra. And there's a new mukta called Kiveya Makayim. And not because of a mukta of Isser. 
Menartashani, Domrevacha, Rebchanin, Omrevasi, Horish Lokish, Bitsegdom, and Noiro, Hani, Telus, Bio de Achas, Mudel Tatulo. If I can move this candelabra with one hand, it's, it's uh, light, then I can move it on Shabbos. And two hands you can, as the Gemara is going to explain, because he's Kiveyam Mokoim. So here you go. We have that story happened by a candelabra. Candelabras are different. End the story. Similar, there's a, a similar mukta called Muksa Machmas Chisar and Kis. I'm not saying it's the same thing. Similar. Let's say the example they have to give is the knife of a mile. Or I think a, a very expensive piece of silver, a painting, nobody touches it. From the fact that people are very careful, only by a bris or whatever, or they don't let people touch it on the wall, that's muksamachas chasarin kiss. I don't move it. This is similar. I have this beautiful, heavy piece of candelabra. I don't move it. It has its spot. This is where it is. When the Enochel try to mess with it, I yell at them. This is the spot. So maybe it's muksa for here. I don't want to move it. That's a new muksa called Kveil Mokoim. Tomorrow we're going to continue seeing the Allah of Kveil Mokoim. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Noam. Shiram Aloys. Mama Kim Kosifa Adonai. Shiram Aloys. Mama Kim Kosifa Adonai. Shiram Aloys. Mama Kim Kosifa Adonai. Shiram Aloys. Mama Kim Kosifa Adonai.